All right, so resumes. Now, we know goldfish, nine seconds. Humans, eight seconds. How long do people spend reading your resume? They say about 10 to 15 seconds. Might be less than that now. But I can tell you, I have talked to a lot of recruiters for tech companies, business companies, all kinds of companies around the United States. This is true. And as you might know now, a lot of times companies aren't even reading your resume because it's going through a tracking system. Personally, I like to skip the tracking system and try to talk to somebody in the company because trying to get through that tracking system, waste of time. People don't look at your resumes for very long, is the point. So we have to maximize their time by having a really well-organized, predictable resume. So a general rule of thumb is if you have five years of less experience, then you should definitely have one page. It's always crazy to me when I see a new grad who's got two or three pages. I'm like, what have you done? <laughs> you haven't lived. <laughs> um, and if you have over 10 years experience, two pages is completely acceptable. So what employers are really looking at your resume for is to find out your skills and strengths. How fast can you get to work? That's why they, that's why they want experience, because they want to know how long is it going to be before you're going to be contributing really highly here. So see if you can convey that in interesting ways. And they want to know, why are you applying to this job? Why does it make sense as the next step? If you were a this, why are you applying for a this? They want that gut feeling about how you would fit, right? So required sections for your resume. Got to have your name. Make your name big, somewhere at the top. You got to have contact information. You do not need to put your address. No one's going to mail you anything anyways. <laughs> So no reason to put it there. Just put your email, um, your name, phone number. That's all you need. You can put your address if you'd like to. You need your education. If you graduated a while ago, put your education at the bottom or somewhere off to the side. If you recently graduated, put it at the top. Basically, it should only be at the top if it's the most interesting thing about you. If you've recently completed a certificate program here, that might be worth moving it up or mentioning that in a summary of some sort. Otherwise, I would put it at the bottom. And you need professional experience. We'll get into that a little bit. Optional sections. Languages, skills, and tools. Don't put a skills section if your skills are all soft skills. I love soft skills. I, this is what I do, <laughs> soft skills. But it's hard in a skills section to mention that you're good at team building, because that doesn't mean anything to people. But if you can put things like, I'm good at developing team building scenarios, or I'm familiar with Myers-Briggs. Those would be examples of soft skills made harder, made more quantifiable, right? Don't say you're good at surveys, say you're good at SurveyMonkey or Qualtrics. In your skills, please do not list Microsoft Word or Microsoft Office. <laughs> you obviously know it, you've typed a resume. <laughs> do not list Google Suite. <laughs> Um, by listing that, you make yourself look dated. So only list like new high-tech skills. Do you need to know something in and out? No. You need to know something good enough that if on the job they said, you know, can you work with us, you could find out the answer and hack it together. So for example, I put on my resume that I know Photoshop. And I do know Photoshop. I've used it to edit my kids' photos and make myself look better in my wedding photos. Do I know it good enough so that if you paid me to do a photo of you, I would accept that? No. <laughs> I'm not that good at Photoshop. Every time I use it, I have to like, go to YouTube and look up a tutorial. But I can figure it out, so I put it on my resume. 
So not everything has to be at level five. Just have it a level two at least and above and have most of them be a level three or above, okay? All right, uh, projects. Projects is a great section for your resume, especially if you're a career changer. If you've done a really cool project in an extension class, that's awesome to list because it's going to showcase your new skills. If you've done a project for a local nonprofit group or a school that showcases your kids' elementary school that showcases some new skills, put that in there. That's perfect. Um, you don't have to say that it was unpaid. It's a project. So you just list the project title and the client. You can put the date if you want or not. I'm not attached to that. And do a short description of the skills. Professional profile. I like professional profile sections when they make sense and when they add something. What you do not want to do is have a job objective to get a job. Well, obviously you want to get a job. You just applied for this job to get a marketing job. I know. That's what you applied for. <laughs> don't have an objective. In your professional summary, don't say seasoned professional with 15 years of experience doing blah, blah, blah. Say something like, I don't know, let's see. Um, you can even, you can use the first person if it's a tech company, so I use the first person on mine. But you could say something like, you know, seasoned graphic designer, skilled in Photoshop, InDesign, and many other tools. Clients have included Nike, blah, blah, blah. Or you can say, Something where we did with that job changer before with the branding, where we say, past experience in education, which gave me skills and blah, 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 making me perfectly well suited for new position in X. So consider the professional profile very carefully. If you have a professional profile, you probably don't want one of those core competencies strengths section where you list out strengths because that should be in your professional profile. And what recruiters will tell you is recruiters will say, I don't like to see a strength section because I should get all those in your experience. You shouldn't have to tell me you're good at team building. Put it in your experience somewhere so I can see how you're good at team building. And then the last section of honors and awards, you also don't need this. What's the purpose of the honors and awards section? Purpose is to show how good am I and how smart am I. Look how smart I am. Look how awesome I am. <laughs> That's the honors and awards. So you don't need to list every honor and award. You don't have to list any honor and award. Um, if you have a couple that makes sense and that can help let people know that, oh, this person must be pretty smart, they did this thing, then sure, put it on. So those are the main sections in a resume. Education. We went through this a little bit, but I want to say one more thing. Um, you do not need to include months or years. And a lot of advice will tell you not to include that if you think there might be age discrimination involved. And there is a lot of age discrimination in the workplace today. I included on mine because, frankly, I look really young and I want to look older. <laughs> you would never be able to guess my age, hopefully. And hopefully I'll be able to keep saying that for many years to come. <laughs> if you want an optional section like community activities or philanthropy, you should definitely include that. Uh, I, so I don't have it on here. Usually this is for people with a little younger of experience. What you want to keep in mind with that community activities is that only put it on if it makes sense. If it's if, it, if it's only just showing how involved you are, then you don't need to talk about it. But if it's showing new skills or strengths that you might use in the job, then it should be a whole section. So what about hobbies or personal activities like that? What I say is, if the definitely if the hobby is like a big part of your life or really unique or could add something 
to the experience, then yes, put it in. So for example, if, you're, if you had a hobby as a photographer, that's pretty useful for almost any profession. So I would put that on there. If your hobby is rock climbing, my husband's hobby is rock climbing, he doesn't need that on there because he has enough other stuff that putting that on there is just going to make it hard to fit into one or two pages. So only put, my, you can always break the rules, definitely. And resumes are subjective. So the thing is, everything I'm telling you, I can guarantee you, you're going to find one other person at least who would tell you, I hate all that stuff. <laughs> so you always have to keep in mind, try to figure out who is looking at this. If you can figure out who you're sending it to, that's when I mean tailor the resume, right? So if you're applying for Facebook, maybe you would make your resume slightly different than if you're applying for Gap. So experience, keep it tailored and relevant. It can be unpaid. So a lot of times we put work experience, job experience. No, 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 put professional experience. Professional experience can be, I, I was the chair of the PTA. That's professional mm -hmm. experience. Professional can be you ran a you know, food bank drive. That's professional experience. Volunteer for food bank, blah, blah, blah. And then that experience can showcase you and not just the company and the projects. A lot of times I see this, especially people who have been at a company for a while. In the experience section, they'll talk about this cool project they did at Microsoft. I know a lot about the project by the end of reading that, but I have no idea what you did. Tell me enough about the project so I can have some context, but focus mainly on what did you do to accomplish this. Actually, I'm going to go back to here and then I'll come back for a second because this is really what it gets down to. So Laszlo Bach is, well actually he's not anymore the Senior Vice President of People Ops at Google because he um, stepped down and now he's just doing his own thing because he has enough money to do that. Um, but he says, the key to, is to frame your strengths as, I accomplished X relative to Y by doing Z. So this is the kind of thing you want in your resume. What did you accomplish? If there's any other things I should know about it, but then how did you accomplish it? And he gives this great example. Most people just write a resume like this, wrote editorials for the New York Times. That's, I like to say that's just listing what you did. Don't just tell me what you did. Everything on your resume, or at least most things, should not be responsible for X, did X. It should be, it should have some kind of cool factor. What did you do plus cool factor? The cool factor is how you did it, who you did it with, how much money did it make, how much money did it lose. <laughs> Those are all cool things. So his better example is, had 50 op-eds published compared to average of six by most op-ed writers as a result of providing deep insight into the following area for three years. So he quantifies it, and then he asks, and then he puts, how did I do it? As a result of doing this, this is how I did it, provided insight. Always start your things with action verbs. Responsible for, never use that phrase. You might need to use it once. <laughs> but use a thesaurus. <laughs> Don't go crazy. <laughs> but you can say collaborated with, created X, initiated. Use action verbs. And if you Google action verbs resume, you'll get a whole list of good verbs to use. If you are switching careers, when I made my career change years ago, from being an environmental engineer to doing career services, I could not have a chronological resume. Chronological resume is one with experience where I put my first job first, or I mean, sorry, my most recent job first, and then jobs back in history. If 
I would have done that, my resume looks like an environmental engineer. It'd have things on there like authored sanitary sewer report. Who cares? <laughs> I know a lot about sanitary sewers. <laughs> so what I did was I completely threw out the order. I created a functional resume. A func and this is a, this is a thing. So if you Google functional resume, you, I'm, I did not make this up. <laughs> A functional resume is instead of having professional experience be job, 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 you have professional experience be skill category, skill category, skill category. So what I did back in the day, this was, I don't even know what year this is, a long time ago. I did training and mentoring, facilitation and organizational development, and program and project management. And in those skill categories, I gave examples from all of my jobs, my transferable things. And then I also included, and this is key, a little section called employment history where I did list my jobs. So I didn't sound like I had no jobs. I just didn't give you the skills in the context of the jobs. Does that make sense? This resume style is a risk. It's known, recruiters know it. If they see it, they'll recognize it. But it's a little more new Old Spice and a little less old Old Spice, <laughs> if you get my meaning. Um, yeah, it focuses mainly on the transferable skills. That's the key point of it. Everything I've been saying about resumes comes down to you do the work, not the reader. This is key. The reader will only read what is written. What I mean by that is, reader's going to read that sentence. They are not going to think about it any more than what they just read. They're not going to think into it. They're not going to intuit things. So a lot of times, I will sit down when I do a resume review with somebody, and I'll read a sentence, and I'll ask them, what do you mean by this? And we'll get into it, and it turns out that they led this project, and there was all these leadership things they did, and they worked with three different teams. None of that was written. All that was written was responsible for launching new Intuit projects. You have to write all the words that you want them to hear, okay? And then you want to do it in a way that's concise, easy to understand, and using their verbiage as much as possible. So that's what I mean, print out their, their job description, highlight, get those things in your resume. Second level, go to their company website, find their values and mission. Print that out, highlight. Facebook's mission, for example, is connecting communities. So you better say the word community on your resume if you're applying to Facebook, right? 